on August 4, 2021. National polygamy advocate Mark Henkel was on Bard's Logic Political Talk, part three of this three-hour show. And so this is why it is possible for a man to love a woman more than she may only want, or maybe he can give more. Because as parents, you can love more than one child. As a human being, you can love, and a husband can certainly love more than one wife and not take away from the other. And certainly a good polygamous man can give more love to a polygamous wife than any monogamous wife beater ever does. Yeah, and actually, uh, you know, something a little unprecedented here. I'll get to it later. Um, it's, you know, some I get messages on chat here. I have people send me messages, uh, you know, on different platforms that I'm on, uh, you know, personal messages, things of that nature. Um, and there, there are actually some tough questions that you will see if you'll, uh, you know, if you're open to answer them. But first, before I get to those, um, is that you know you mentioned about you know the strong woman. What what would you say about the argument that folks who say, well, what about if you get you know some guy who just preys on weak-willed women? Because they do exist. I mean, there's weak-willed men out there, just people. Uh, but what would you you know say to those? He said, well, what if you have one who you know, just goes after weak-willed women? I would say that in the end, that's not going to last. It really just is not going to last. Women are not going to take abuse for a long period of time. There is a phrase well, out there. Gang up on him. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it would be, is that they would gang up on him. Exactly. Uh, there is a phrase out there that is a lie. And I want to preface this with that anyone who has left abuse or left a cult, my heart always goes out to. And I want to be clear that I am most emphatically empathetic to anyone who has left abuse, left a cult, left violence, that left anything that was manipulation of them. My heart goes out to all. But there's a phrase out there called escaping polygamy. That is a lie. Nobody in the history of the universe, I'll say that again, no one in the history of the universe has ever escaped polygamy. And here's why. They will have escaped abuse, they may have escaped a cult, but they have never escaped polygamy. And again, here's why. The woman I just told you before, the woman who had finally freed of her abusive monogamous husband, you would never ever in the universe say that a woman who left her monogamous husband because he was abusing her he was committing violence. You would never say that she escaped monogamy. That's ridiculous. You would never say that because it's true. It's not what it was. She left abuse. She did not escape monogamy. She escaped abuse. And every single time you hear the lie told of the phrase escaping polygamy, it's a lie. It's impossible. It's never happened in the history of the universe. Nobody ever escapes from polygamy. They escape from abuse. They escape from a cult. But they never escape from polygamy. Let's be clear about that. In the same way, you could never escape from monogamy. Yeah, they probably just call it that just to you know, put a bad spin on it is what it sounds like to me. It, it makes money. Actually, what it, it's, it's a profitable enterprise for the anti-polygamists for profit that are out there because 
publishers believe that they can make money from selling a book. So they will use a phrase like that because it generates the ooh, ah factor, the circus act factor, and it allows the book to make more sales by using the hyperbole that scares people, and it makes money for selling the books, selling the media, selling uh, the representation of the falsehood on the news manufactured news corporations. So that, that's really why it is and why it gets used. But I just want to be very clear, and especially anybody hearing this who has the I heuristic guess, uh, in their mind, they've heard the phrase escape from polygamy. You need to cut that heuristic out of your mind because that's a lie because in the same way no one has ever escaped monogamy, it's impossible to escape from polygamy. You escape abuse. You escape a cult. And our hearts always go out to anyone who has escaped abuse, who has escaped a cult. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, as I stated earlier, uh, Mark, is that, you know, again, I get, you know, messages here, and people say things in the chat. I get messages on, uh, you know, some persons one through my phone. I also get uh, some who are listening from other platforms uh, where they'll send me uh, messages on social media. And I had a couple people who uh, actually asked some questions, which, again, this is something that's almost a little unprecedented, but it is something that, you know, we can uh, – we can, you know, kind of bring up because it's like it's, it's kind of a it, – this topic is it's a personal nature. And one person asked – I mean, are you open to, to ask some of these types of questions or – like, I'll give you an example. You don't let me know if that's something you would want to, you'd want to answer or not. <laughs> so this guy, okay, and I won't even do the, 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 the screen name or whatever, but, um, it's you know, he says uh, – he asks, I'm interested in bringing up pulling me to my wife. How do I bring that up to her? Before you even contemplate that thought process, I would ask you to ask yourself, why does this matter to you? Because if you're just doing this for your own selfish reason, then what's the benefit or the reason for even doing it? Because marriage is intimacy on a psychological, emotional, physical level. It's I know you, you know me. And if there is something that you just want to bring it up, you first have to do a self-inventory of yourself, your motivations, your reasons. Why does this matter to you? Why do you want to bring this up? Because if this is just about you and what you want, then you're only going to be self-sabotaging yourself in the first place because you're already closing the door before you could even open it. The first thing a wife needs to know when it comes to her hearing about the issue of polygamy within the concept or context of her own husband is, does he love me? Does he care for me? And she's looking to know that on an intimate level that you do and that you are in that intimate place of I know you, you know me, and I'm not here to hurt you because to hurt you is to hurt myself. And so if you're not even at that place of intimacy, then there's a lot of growth you've got to get to before you even contemplate that. I like to use the idea of mathematics and the process we do of building upon building. For example, you first learn about numbers. You have to know how to do numbers and count numbers before you can go further in math. Then once you do that, you learn how to add and subtract. Then once you know how to add and subtract, you learn how to multiply and divide. 
Then you go into from that to pre-algebra to algebra, then geometry, then you put the two together and you end up with trigonometry, and then you go on, on up to calculus. But so many of us, especially because of the marital socialism of one man, one woman, has so dumbed down us as dumbed down males that just as all socialism does, it, it dumbs down to mediocrity. It has disincentivized men to become better husbands and to develop greater husband skills that so many of us men are actually still at the third, fourth, or fifth grade level of still only knowing how to multiply. And then to turn around for those people who only know how to multiply, saying that there ought to be a law to criminalize those who know how to do calculus, that doesn't even make sense. What I'm saying is that you need to learn to grow in your love for your wife first and care for her and go from that that multiplication to algebra to geometry and get to calculus that she has such a sense of security in that intimacy with you, in that love that you love her and you care for her and that she does matter and that her hurt is your hurt, that she's not even going to be ready to hear from you about this if she's going to look at you and think that this is all about you. If polygamy is all about you, don't even bother. That's what I would say. So grow up first make, and check your, check, your, check your motivations and make sure that you really are about caring for your wife. That's first. That, that matters first. Take some time and just work on that. That needs to be your objective, your goal, is that you grow and you love her. Whether or not you ever get to polygamy or not, you love her first. You get to that higher level of trigonometry and calculus. Get to that level as, in terms of husband skills towards your wife, that you're caring for her, that her security in your love, her security in your intimacy with her is that it's about her that you care about her. And until you can get to that place where even the issue of polygamy she could see from the perspective of being about her, because if you make polygamy about you, you've closed the door. Polygamy is actually, should actually be about her, and I can get to that at a later time. But that's what I would say to the guy who wants to say, how do I bring this up? Is Before you bring it up, you need to do an inventory of yourself, your motivations, your emotions, and your husband skills. Well, I think there's um, there could be some of the information advice for the next one they asked, and this one's even – deeper I guess you could say and you know when I when I ask, you know bring out what they asked um and he put like I'm I'm presuming by the the, the screen name and the the wordage of the question so I'm pre making a presumption here um it says I am a lot I guess again I think it's a guy it says I'm in love with another woman and I am married uh I'd like to marry this other woman as well any advice This is the dilemma that many men in what we call forced polygamy find themselves in. I would go one step further. Some forced polygamists actually do this deliberately and then think, well, now I should be able to make my wife want to be polygamous. And we call that forced polygamy. That, that UCAP, Unrelated Consenting Adult Polygamy, has to have the full uncoerced, genuine assent and consent of the wife that she wants this as well, she, that she wants the polygamous arrangement. And there are reasons why she could want that, but right now in this position where you're at, where you're talking about loving another woman and the wife doesn't even know her, now you're talking about the concept of mistress and all that business. And that's where 
the idea of forced polygamy is a problem. And in the beginning of this movement, of uh, when Christian polygamy made possible for the larger movement of all UCAP unrelated consenting adult polygamy, for all forms of polygamy, regardless of Christianity or not, that early in it, early in the beginning of the movement, there were some people that latched on to the Christian polygamy doctrines and instead created an obedience doctrine and created this theory that if God called me to polygamy, my wife has to obey. Oh, God, help us, please. Yeah, I've heard of that stuff, yeah. Yes, and that was being bought up by what we call foolish men, if you will, that they wanted what they wanted, and it itched their itching ears, and gave them permission, if you will, to do whatever they wanted. But the reality is, is that if God really called you, then God is equally capable of calling your wife. And if she's somehow not in that place with you, then it really calls into question whether you were even called by God of this. Because God is bigger than all of us if that's going to be the basis of your belief. If God called you, he's big enough and capable enough to call her as well and have her want to do this. So if that's not happening, you really have to question your own supposed calling. So the problem was, in the beginning of our movement, some men started latching onto this, and this forced polygamy doctrine, and we realized this is going to work against us. And all of a sudden, anti-polygamists tried to use that as an, as an argument against us, and men started doing it and started losing their wives. And I was always against this, absolutely from the very beginning. I said, no, we're about men growing up. This is not about forcing obedience on wives. God forbid. Help us. Seriously, God help us. And so by 1999, because we, we had begun in 1994 when the movement had begun, about five years later in July, it was July 13, 1999, came up with a standard called Love Not Force. And it told the, st the story of Abraham. Abraham was called that he was going to have a son. And that son, he wanted to have, of course. And he was thinking he was too old and his wife, you know, they're in their 90s and Sarah's not going to be able to have a child. And so they tried to force it by having him have Hagar. And Hagar had the son Ishmael instead. But wait a minute, if Abraham was called, isn't God bigger than this? And so eventually, God said, no, Ishmael was not the son, I promised you. I promised you a son. I can do this, and I'm going to call it. And eventually, Sarah does give birth to Abraham's son, Isaac. And so the lesson of this, that we teach those who want to use this as a Christian paradigm, is that let God bring your Isaac, don't force your Ishmael. And that is, is that if God's called you, God will call your wife. In the same way that God called for the birth of Isaac through 90-year-old Sarah, he's capable of calling your wife as well. And so that's created what we call the love not for standard, that you would love your wife to the point that she embraces polygamy on her own and full assent without coercion, without manipulation, but actually wants this then that's when you have legitimate Christian polygamy. And then that became a larger standard for all of us in the same way that the golden rule 
was originally a Christian doctrine through the do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the principle can apply beyond Christianity to a larger for all of us. And love not standard, the love not for standard is a standard that went beyond Christian polygamy to all forms of unrelated consenting adult polygamy as a standard that if you're going to have polygamy, then you are not going to force it on your wife. Unrelated consenting adult polygamy, whether you're Christian or not, is about the family all choosing this and wanting this of their own free will, without coercion, without manipulation, but all of free choice. And that a husband would love his wife, not force his wife, and never force polygamy on his wife. So the danger that the scenario of the gentleman you just raised uh, brought, brings up is that he's putting himself into the danger of forced polygamy. And that he wants to either force polygamy on his wife. And the consequence of that is he's going to lose his wife. That's just the reality. He just might as well face it now. He's going to lose his wife. Because he, he's going to force it on her and she's going to rightly leave. Because he's an idiot. And that's what we're not standing for. We're saying that we're talking about men to grow up and be better men. Not be idiots. Not force polygamy on their wives. Because we need to love our wives. You know, And especially if you're doing it from a Christian doctrine, the marriage model of of marriage according to Christians is to be as Christ loving the churches and as he told in Matthew 25 1 to 13 he's coming to marry five wise virgins Christ didn't beat and force his wives and force the church no he laid down his life for the ones he loved and that's what we men need to grow up and love our wives that we lay down our lives for them to care for them and to help them be the best that they want to be by their own terms that's what we need to do as husbands is to grow up, not hurt our wives. And so, again, it comes back to check your inventory of your motives. Check the inventory of your emotions and skills as a husband towards your wife. And that really needs to be your first priority because what you do to your first wife, the second woman, is seeing. And she will know in the future she's going to be in the same position. And so you've already told her you're not, you're not an honest person. You've already told her you're willing to sacrifice your wife. And you've already told the second woman you'll do it to her too. And so the reality is, is you need to establish a pattern of integrity because whatever you do to your first wife, a second woman is going to see. And she's going to say, that's what he'll do to her. He'll do it to me too. So that's what you always need to be aware of, is that you're really under a microscope when you're considering polygamy is that all the women are watching you and you really have to care about all of them. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate, presenting polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com